0: Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here and the Knicks are 3 and 1, Gavin 134 to 131 over the Hornets in overtime.
1: Yeah, Alex, a monster night from Jalen Brunson, signature performance from him, deceptively poor game from RJ Barrett, moments of brilliance from Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. We get into it all right now on Locked On Knicks.
0: You are Locked On Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. He With a five. going for the right. Yes. Hucks left. Now fires. And he's good. And he's fouled. And he's fouled. And he's Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor in chief of Nick like the Strickland, which you can find at strict.land. He is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play by play broadcaster's favorite play by play broadcaster. And the Knicks are most likely your favorite team. And it's very fun and easy to root for them at the moment because they're now three and one after a, I don't know if I want to use the word convincing, but certainly a win over the Charlotte Hornets at home in overtime on the gar- garden floor, 134 to 131. Gavin, I think this game pretty much starts and ends the whole discussion as far as the Knicks. Well, okay, maybe not ends. There's some other good players, too. But a lot of it has to do with Jalen Brunson, the big free agent signing of the offseason. 27 points, 10 to 15 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line and a career high 13 assists, which hopefully we see more career high set in that department in his tenure with the Knicks. Seven boards, uh, a steal and a block, and again, fantastic assist to turnover ratio. I we gotta like keep a we have to start keeping like a live tally that we pop up every uh every show. But 13 to 3 in this game alone. Yeah, not gonna get much better than that as far as assist to turnover ratio. Gavin, how about Jalen Brunson today?
1: Yeah, Alex. This this was the Jalen Brunson game. I don't know any other way to describe it. He showed off the Full repertoire of his skill set, and it started early on a couple of silky fadeaways to set the tone. Um, and then uh, actually embarrassed Gordon Hayward worse than his haircut was already embarrassing him, which I, I kind of thought was impossible, but um, had a nasty like look away in and out dribble, um, froze Hayward, went in for a swooping layup, had one of his passes of the year, um, in transition, I think, in the late in the second quarter. Uh, where he threw a no-look, bowling ball, underhand-style pass uh, to Evan Fournier for a wide-open three. Uh, his low-key uh, maybe play the game. There was a two-on-one for the Hornets with 2.30 left. The Hornets were up by three, and Brunson went racing down the court to strip Gordon Hayward, broke it up. I, I believe the Knicks ended up getting the stop on that possession. And then, of course, the, the one-on-one step-back three with 90 seconds left um, had another huge three to open overtime. He, he just stayed hot. And, and then uh, my single favorite moment for him offensively, uh, the Hornets just started trapping him on the ball because they were like, they, they were treating him like a superstar. No, I, I don't even remember Julius getting that treatment during the 2021 season. Uh, maybe I'm just missing it, but it tells you the level Jalen Brunson is on that. They're like, all right, we'll play four on three. Just, just get the ball out of this dude's hands. And instead of panicking, Brunson dribbled around it, help defender came up. Brunson looked towards the wing, gorgeous, no look past the niche, had my head spinning for a jam that all but put this game away. Uh, he, he he manipulated. He orchestrated Alex. He 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 controlled every single aspect of this game. He played like an all-star. He played like a borderline all-star starter tonight. I can't say enough good things. He was ridiculously good tonight.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's becoming increasingly evident that the Knicks don't really. I mean, obviously, he's not going to hit it every single night. And he, he's not going to be this guy every single night. Everybody has their off nights. But he's increasingly looking like the guy that you can count on in crunch time, no matter what. And he, he just, he has a super cool head. He always seems to be making the right play. I mean, I know this is like super rarefied air, but like based off games like this, and some of the games he's played so far this year, I don't think it's even that crazy. I mean, he's, he's starting to control the game late in like a Lillard sort of way. You know what I mean? Where it's like, he gets the ball and, and they did it, like you said, in this game, they started throwing the kitchen sink at him to try to make him give the ball up because he was that reliable. I mean, they the Knicks needed a three in two huge, huge moments, and he hit it both times. They needed, you know, someone to make a smart decision and not turn the ball over when he's getting trapped late in the game, and he did that, and he found Mitchell Robinson. And it wasn't even just that possession. That was kind of just like the most glaringly awesome one, but like, he was doing that all throughout the end of the fourth quarter in overtime when the Hornets had clawed back. And it just felt like that moment where in past Knicks seasons, it would have been where the Knicks just lost it, you know, where Julius or RJ or whoever may have had the ball would have turned it over. And, you know, there would have been a fast break opportunity and a quick bucket on the other end. And, you know, the Knicks would have given up a couple quick, you know, like four points or something to put them in the hole said the other way around instead they, they bent, they never broke. You know, they did go down briefly with about three minutes left in the fourth, but then just kind of took over on the shoulders of Brunson after that. And his poise is really what did it. And also his immense skill set. obviously. I mean, he's his scoring package is just looking insane through these first few games, but not even just the scoring package, but the passing chops as well. I mean, he is, Bona fide, he is he is the point guard that this team has been missing. I'm really, really happy to have him on the team, and I, like his contract, for as much as it was maligned by certain people, is already looking kind of like a bargain at this point, you know. And we both thought that he was at minimum fairly paid. I—I I am starting to wonder. I mean, if he keeps it up at this level, and the Knicks can continue playing, I don't know, maybe like six. Seven games above five hundred ball by All Star uh, voting time. I I wonder if he's going to be an All Star this year. To your point, because he he looks that good right now, and I it's not anything that I see going away at any point. Because as we knew going into the Jalen Brunson experience, he does pretty much all this with craft and just like outsmarting and outmaneuvering his opponents. It's not like you know anything anything too crazy for him. He makes it look very easy. Uh, so he's just a joy to watch. I can't gush enough about him and I freaking love this game from him. And, and honestly, he gave me easily the most smiles of any player on the team in this game.
1: Yeah, that, that, that should be our new, our new metric smiles per player. Um, <laughs> yeah, suck on that one, Hollinger. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I want to go back. Like w- was mellow the last time the Knicks have had a shot maker like this? Like, obviously there were, there were moments, uh, for Julius Randall um during that 2021 season where, where we felt the same way so jalen's got to prove it over a full year uh moments for alonzo true i'm kidding um but he it's Alexis it's cool Fett. yeah like hard got it got it got to mention all the <laughs> legends um kp kp shout out um no too, too soon um not too soon <laughs> I, I i don't i don't i don't remember I, I don't remember having a guy i was this confident in taking a shot like that down the down the stretch yeah it was probably
0: mellow and honestly like i forget who brought this up that i saw the other day i think it was schwinn um maybe he was in our in in the strickland discord the other day i think was talking about this like mellow kind of or no i think he was talking about on a pod actually like mellow kind of fell off as like a a clutch shot maker with the knicks to a degree hmm. you know you still always felt really good about him taking that shot but i think I it was didn't.
1: just i, I, yeah. I, I that mid-range i always thought I was gonna clang <laughs> off the rim for some reason yeah
0: but i think it was just like due to his you know like he had such a supremely high workload with the Knicks that I think it made it difficult for him to keep that going all the way into the clutch time versus like with the Nuggets where he he at least had like Billups and Iverson and stuff for help. But yeah, I, so far, I mean, early, 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 early four games into his tenure returns. uh, Brunson is the guy that I most feel confident in since Melo, probably taking a shot late in the game. And, uh, you know, unlike, I was thinking about this during the game, too. Unlike with, like, RJ and Randall, especially right now with those two, with how kind of, like, flighty their their games have been to start this season, Brunson is, like, the only guy on the team right now that pretty much every time he shoots it, I'm more surprised if it doesn't go in than if it does. Uh Whereas with RJ and Randall, I kind of just find myself always, like, clenching my teeth a little and being like, come on, come on, come on, come on, like, go in. <laughs> whereas with Brunson, I'm like, oh, good brunson got a wide open shot like this feels like money um and if it doesn't go in then i guess it makes me that much more disappointed because i'm like ah crap like they needed that one because that's supposed to go in uh so yeah he's it, again early season caveats but the the sort of feelings i'm getting in my heart of hearts are very similar to
1: like the feelings i'll get if Melo was taking a clutch shot or something like that yeah. In, in, incredible stuff. Um, Alex, if the Knicks are looking to hire a next great shot maker down the road, where would they go?
0: Uh, Well, that's that's where LinkedIn comes in, of course, because that's where all basketball teams go to hire their shot makers. But that's true. The, <laughs> these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. And I, I've said this before when I when I read this, but I I have not been in many situations where I've had to be a hiring manager, maybe someday later on in life. But as of right now, not never been in that senior level of a position yet. But I will say as a job seeker, I'm always the most impressed with LinkedIn's listings. It's like they dig into my brain and find the jobs that I want to see and put them in front of me. And I I, and some of the ones that I didn't even think I wanted to see. But then I see and I go, oh, wow, that sounds amazing. So from my perspective, if I was a job, uh, a, a hirer, I should say, I would definitely use LinkedIn jobs because I find as a job seeker that they always put the best ones in front of me. All you have to do is add your job and put the purple hashtag hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile and you can spread the word that you're hiring. You can use simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And the, you know it's getting towards the end of the year. I can't believe it, but it is. Uh, we're just just a couple months away from the end of the year. And this is the time where if you're running a small business or you're part of a smaller company, You really need to finish the year strong and LinkedIn jobs can help you do that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, Gavin, we are back to talk more about the Knicks. And specifically, the two guys that we earmarked for this segment are on very different ends of the spectrum, as far as we're concerned for this game, which is Mitchell Robinson on the really good end, and RJ Barrett on the not quite as good end. So I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to start? You want to start on a high, or you want to end on a high?
1: <laughs> uh, we we started on a high with Brunson. Let let let's end the we'll end the segment on a high. We'll start, but not a. It's it, it feels weird to say hello, low, right? Because you you look at you look at RJ's box score, and it was not terrible. He was 9 for 21, made all four of his free throws, had eight rebounds, finished with 22 points. Again, you, you, look, you look at your newspaper tomorrow morning. Does anyone does anyone read the newspaper anymore? Now that Berman's gone, I, I doubt it. But um, you, you look at your newspaper, you look at your ESPN the next day, you, you say, not a bad game. Especially the way he's been shooting this year, it's really not a bad game for rj but for those of us who watch and uh and uh watch it watch it three or four times alex like, like just just as just as uh the board says just as our, our lord and savior tom thibodeau says um there were there were a lot of issues again and and for me it's just that he is yet to have a performance this year that i walk away from and i was like yes that is the dude i want to bet on and, and of course his contract does not say that the knicks are betting on him as as the future of their franchise. It says they're betting on him as a player who could be really good. And I still believe that RJ could be really good. And especially after an awesome preseason, I'm not letting four iffy games dissuade me from that, but there are just still a lot of issues. Um, the three is, is still not dropping. He's 0 for 5. And he missed one particularly painful one. I think it was, it, was, it was an OT. He was wide open. It was a great drive and kick to him. Just couldn't hit it. Got his own rebound on it. Up and under layup right at the rim. Had a smaller guy on him. Couldn't finish that. And, and to me that encapsulated the night and honestly, the first four games of the season for him, his touch is still a major issue. And and I look, I'll, I'll take blame for it and I'll, I'll take blame for it again. If this reverses, I thought it looked a lot better in the preseason. So maybe it's a little bit too soon to back off that take. Um, his floater touch does look a lot better. And I think Pres did a good job pointing this out when he, when he jumps less high on it. Um, it tends to go in a little bit more, but from three and at the rim, it's, it's just not there with any kind of consistency. And, I wouldn't mind that as much if he was getting to the free throw line a ton, which he hasn't really, or if he was just making the very simple passes that are readily available. And you, you and I spent all off season talking about that being an absolute necessity for him when he gets into the heart of the defense, just making the simple kick out um, this preseason. I thought he was hitting that pass consistently in the regular season. I don't know if it's something about the bright lights, the pressure to, to prove himself or whatever. Um, he's missing that pass over and over and over again, just uh, looked off a wide open Jalen Brunson, early in the game to take a a contested like six foot push shot that he missed pretty badly. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with what we've seen from RJ so far, just because I think if he plays within himself and and does really simple things that, and he only has to be the third banana on this team with how Randall's playing, he can be good. And the Knicks can be really good because of it.
0: Yeah. I guess if I was going to play semi devil's advocate, I would say like, just, I mean, if we are going to box score, watch a little bit, ironically this is his highest scoring game of the season so far at 22 points it was a better shooting game than his last game not from three but like on the overall 43 percent versus 37 percent last game so like that's not half bad uh he rebounded the ball pretty well but i'm i'm with you like there was just something fell off like he it was I think what was the word I used before we started recording? It was a uh, lusterless. It was like a lusterless yeah. game to me. Like he he did some good stuff, but I never really got going with him. And you know, we'll talk about it in the next segment, I think. But like, Randall had sort of a so-so game too, but he had some highs that really stood out to me that I think made the lows okay. There was luster For, there with Randall. There was a little bit of luster. Yeah, and obviously Brunson's game was all luster. I was blinded by the amount of luster <laughs> on Brunson's game. But with with RJ, it was just like something just wasn't quite right. You know, and you're right. Like part of it is the defense has been a little subpar. I don't think anybody was really, other than Mitch, who we're about to talk to in a second, was really free of that distinction tonight. I think everybody's defense was a little subpar. Like you shouldn't be letting – a team without arguably their two best players that isn't even that great of a team to begin with drop 131 on you in overtime, no matter what. Um, So I don't know. It I, I do want to see, I want to see RJ using facilitating to get him going more than he has been. And I think that's where that's my biggest thing that I, I totally agree with you with. Like, I think the best game, that we've seen from him so far, even though he didn't hit a three point shot and it was that second game. And that was when he kind of went back to like the classics of like his second season of like, okay, let's run some of these like high pick and rolls with Mitch and, you know, get myself going that way. And like, he looked for a couple passes like that in this game, but they were crap. Like, (laughs) so, you know, just do that part better first off and use that to kind of get yourself going and then build on that and see what you can what you can do for the rest of the game. But speaking of Mitch, I think we should probably talk about him too. Uh, I'll briefly introduce the stat line, Gavin, and then throw it to you because I thought that Mitch, as much as Brunson carried the load on the offensive end in this game, I think Mitch completely carried the Knicks on the defensive end. Uh, he ends the game, again, on paper, pretty modest. Uh, Nine points, eight rebounds, 4-4 shooting. Uh, and I, I this isn't modest. Six blocks, that's that's a huge number. Yeah, uh, that's a
1: very modest number.
0: <laughs> but also only two personal fouls and 37 minutes of play. Mm. I thought that he really had his way with the Hornets in this game and, and really did exactly what he had to do to ensure that the Knicks did not give up 135 points and lose this game tonight.
1: Yeah, I, I think the 37 minutes is the key number there because he, he couldn't have played that last year while maintaining peak intensity at this time of the year oh no i mean (laughs) he look he couldn't have played 37 minutes without getting injured last year and that 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 sucks to say but that was really like this this was a dude a year ago who every single play was tripping and falling and looking like he might die and it was it sucked because we we love the guy and we want him to be so so good and I uh, thank the basketball gods, uh, he finally, he finally is because he, he just comes out every game and sets the tone. He had two blocks in the first three minutes of this one. Um, he really, he, he got me going, uh, with it, with a turnaround jump hook. I was like, Oh, he said he was going to work on his post game. And he did. And, 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 unfortunately, he barely gets any touches to show that, but it was, it was a pretty nice move. Um, showed off like some good like passing chops, even if it wasn't a complicated play offensive rebound. Um, and then just a kick to Emmanuel quickly for a corner three, that was really nice. Um, and, and then again, open in the second half, offensive rebound, then a block, then drew a foul on, on P.J. Washington who was trying to just box him out. And then in the fourth quarter, literally ripped the ball out of um, uh, Plumlee's hands as, as he was going up to the rim, uh, just, just like treated him like a little baby. Um and then had a terrible lob thrown to him. I can't remember it was RJ or some. I think it was someone else. But he tipped it, caught it, and then and then just flushed it. And that, that was great. I think it might have been Randall. That um, was forty. Actually, that was forty. I there we one. go. Yeah. I, I was going through my uh, bad passer, uh, like click spinorama. Um, uh, final. <laughs> the <rollbacks. laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, final final note. Um, I we, we talked about this a little pre show, but my one pet peeve uh, with would uh, Mitch forever is that guy. It's not with Mitch. It's, it's how his teammates interact with Mitch. They always miss him rolling to the rim. And in this game, whenever he would set a screen, the double would come up for Brunson. Brunson would throw it to Randall. And this was particularly true in overtime. And and it was only for a second or two, but Mitch would be open for a lob. And Randall never had the confidence to make that pass. And this entire Knicks roster, sans Jalen Brunson, since he's new, has never had the confidence to make that pass. And at a certain point, I'm like, just throw it up and give the dude a chance. Even if it's a little bit risky, this is a guy who can go and get it. And that honestly that like makes a defense pay for putting two on the ball. And that that's what you got to do.
0: Yeah. And I think that the other thing is, as you just referenced, like he's gotten a little more depth that like, even if I don't think he quite has that same, like go, go gadget arm, uh you know, lob catching ability that he did his first or second year. Uh, I still think that he has the reach to at least corral it. If it's a bad pass, like with that four one, And now I think he's been showing enough savvy to like gather, do a quick head fake, do something to free himself up, create a little bit of space for himself and then just throw it down anyway. So, you know, no matter what you get your assist and he gets his two points. Um, I do wish that Randall and and others would look for him more in that scenario too. Um, I don't have too much to add as far as his, his overall impact. I'll just say his, Oh, there was one other play that, that, really made me get out of my seat, which was silly McDaniels, whichever one it is, Jalen on Charlotte. Jayden, I always Jayden, I think. Is it Jaden? Okay. I whichever McDaniels, <laughs> their parents, why would they name them such similar names? <laughs> it just makes it so hard. Anyway, uh, whichever McDaniels, it was got the ball up at the top in overtime and thought he would get cute and just drive straight at Mitch. And I was like, you're the stupidest human being on the planet at this one moment in time. Why?
1: You're slandering Jalen right now. You're right.
0: Jalen. Okay, correct. So Jalen McDaniels, not your brother, Jaden, just so we're clear, stupidest human being on the planet for that one split second, because why he ever thought that that was going to work. Mitch ate him like he was dinner and just chewed him up and spit him right back out. Wow. There's a, there's and, a great
1: house of the dragons reference here that, that you're missing. Cause I know, I know you're not watching it, but I'm not. And but yeah, that would yeah, be a The kid, kid, anyway, kid gets eaten. No, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh no, everyone <laughs> rewind if you haven't seen the finale. But yeah, the kid enjoy. doesn't get eaten. Uh, yeah. just
0: so we're clear. No, anyway, no. <laughs> Mitch is a dragon. Uh Mitch the dragon Robinson. Anyway, I think I've I've dragged this on long enough, but Mitch had a fantastic game. I, I'm super happy with what he's done so far to start this year. I think he is really for all the defensive questions that the Knicks have had right now, especially without having Quentin Grimes available to help with perimeter defense. He has been really holding it down on the inside and doing a fantastic job. But speaking of someone who also was holding holding it down on the inside, uh, a guy who got a couple really clutch offensive rebounds and putbacks in this game, Julius Randle. We're going to talk about him in a second. We're going to talk some about Evan Fournier, who finally kind of had a good shooting game. Talk some about uh, Obi Topping, Cam Reddish, Manuel Quickly, all the rest of the guys. Uh, Derek Rose, who is like an efficiency monster again. In just a moment, but Gavin, first, do you want to just let everybody know where they can maybe place some creative and fun Knicks bets this season?
1: Yeah. If you want to put some money down on who the next child is to be eaten on live television or, or, or sports related stuff, you can go to betonline.net. They're your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. And as always, bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And they also have odds on the first coach to be fired. Uh, I think last week I was on this podcast uh, telling you it should be Doc Rivers. I'm here to tell you it should be Steve Nash, which pains me because he might be my favorite basketball player ever. Um, But 5-1 to odds on Steve Nash. He got ejected tonight. The Nets are now 1-3. Not looking good. Ben Simmons doesn't have it figured out. Honestly, I don't really know if that's on Nash or not. Um, and, and, and the Nets owner, uh, Joe Sy, stuck his neck out, sticking up for him. But, man, I, I think something's got to change in Brooklyn and fast. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more so you can change your finances fast. Bet online. That's where the game starts. And we are back on Locked On Knicks. And, Alex, I want to I make this a, a two-pronged start to the third segment. Julius Randle another really good game. I, I think I know some people were knocking him and his efficiency wasn't really there relative to some other nights, but man, he made big play after big play in this one, the offensive rebound and put back that that again, could have, could have been the game winner with uh, under a minute left. Um, and then in overtime had the big drive on PJ Washington that I, I, I do think was ultimately for the winning margin in this ball game. Obi Toppin in contrast plays really well offensively. I can't say I totally paid attention to his defense, but three for four from three. Uh, Also three boards, two assists, and just 13 minutes of action. Were you content with that minutes distribution? Mm, No, but
0: not for the reason that everybody that was getting mad online was, I think. Like, I saw a lot of people just, like, pulling their hair out like usual over, like, how are you only finding 13 minutes for Obi Toppin? And giving 40 to Julius Randle as if the 40 minutes that Julius Randle played were like overwhelmingly bad. I don't think that was the case at all. Like I think that Julius put together, you know, it wasn't a perfect game, but not all games are perfect. Like, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about that, we already talked about like RJ had a pretty cruddy game, despite ultimately doing like enough to to help the Knicks win. So like you know, I'm not gonna like go super crazy over. It. I want to see better out of him, obviously. But you know, I thought he played pretty well. Randall, same thing. But like, Randall hit some really clutch buckets too, which is like the the luster that I was talking about before. Like, he had the the multiple offensive rebounds in huge, huge moments down the stretch of this game to help the Knicks win. He had um, made a couple clutch free throws, which has been a thing that he di- has not done. Many times, all the way dating back to his his first season with the Knicks. Like, I, I thought he played great. You know, honestly, I'm with it. Like, I I am still like I'm not going to say that the resurgence is off now or something, just because he had a slightly off efficiency game and stuff. Like, I think that he did a good job with with what he had to work with tonight. The, my big thing as far as the minutes distribution, like, yes, maybe you could have found a few extra minutes for Obi in the non-crunch time minutes. But my biggest thing is like this lineup that Charlotte was show- throwing out there so often featured PJ Washington as the, the like nominal power forward and Mason Plumley is the nominal center. What are you afraid of with those two guys to not play Julius and, and Obi together? Like Plumley is not going to abuse Randall if he's the center, like quote unquote center. Washington is not like going to overpower Obi or something. And honestly, I think that even Obi could keep himself between Plumlee and the basket. And, you know, either of them could get rebounds. Either of them can provide that little bit of like, you know, especially Obi, like that little bit of crashing in rim protection, you know, to come in there and just like challenge a shot at the last minute. Both of them can keep with guys on the perimeter too. like, why not just try that? for a few minutes. That's the the easiest solution. And then you don't have to create this, this head to head matchup between the two anymore. And that's the thing that's really annoying me about like the discourse about it at the moment is like, I don't want to be pissed about Randall anymore. Like I like it better when Randall's playing better. And I think he has been, even if again, if the efficiency was a little off tonight, like he overall was a positive impact on the court. In my opinion tonight, Obi was also a great positive on the court tonight. So if they're both being great positives and I mean, Mitch, Mitch was a great positive for when he was on as well. So I don't want to do it too much at the expense of him, but maybe take like shave a few of Hartenstein's minutes off or something and just get someone out there. Who's a better shooter, introduce that into, you know, your, your basketball, whatever your, your playbook, whatever you want, you know, you want to say like, add that to the game a little bit and, do something different. Like, don't, don't just do, keep doing the same things and keep creating this, like this, like rivalry within the team between these two guys. Like, and and at this point, I'm ready to just kind of give up hope on that ever happening. Unfortunately, because tips has done. So many of the other things that we wanted him to do, except for that is like the one thing that he is steadfastly holding to all the way to that, like fantasy basketball comment during the preseason where it's like oh this is what people want me to do well to prove them wrong i'm not going to do it and you know like like i say it's bad so it's bad and i'm just not going to ever do it but i wish that he would because i really think that it would introduce a really fun wrinkle to this team and would also again get rid of this like tension in the fan base which we saw last year hit the players in Randall who i think really felt the effects of when he wasn't playing well, having to hear his backups name chanted all the time, because everybody was so thirsty to see Obi Toppin. If Julius Randall wasn't playing well in one night tonight, even on a night when Randall played pretty well, but didn't shoot super well, we saw it happen even on like Twitter and crap, like of everybody losing their minds. So I really wish that Tibbs would experiment with it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm so sorry. That was such a longer answer than you probably needed to that. That question you posed me.
1: No, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I think, Randall was essential in the third quarter of this game because we saw the Knicks bench come in and and bleed points at the start of the fourth. And and Randall was just automatic in the third, like him and Brunson uh, were pick and roll multiple times. The first one for a double pump layup, second one for a little fadeaway, And then Randall just started taking over by himself, drove uh, kicked it out to a wide open Cam Reddish after drawing two defenders for a three. I think the way you could get Obi a couple more minutes, even if it's at Randall's expense is, to maybe open the second half with with Obi back in with the starters, um, and I, I at the end of the day, it's it's hard to blame Tibbs if, if the mandate is to win games. Um, I'm surprised by it. I didn't think this would be the case, but Julius is the better player right now. I, I thought last year, um, it, with with a lot of uh, context uh, needed and a lot of qualifiers needed, Obi was was clearly the better player. Clearly had the more positive impact, and it wasn't really that close. And that that that's flipped, and it's, it doesn't really have anything to do with Obi and. I mean, Obi's flashing this shooting. I, I wish we could see what he would do with 40 minutes in a game. I mean, we saw in preseason, he had that 24-point game. I think that could be a fairly regular occurrence. It's a shame, to your point, that there's not some more creativity to try and make that happen. But it's ultimately, that's there, there's not really anything more to say until one of them gets traded. And unfortunately, um, it looks like Obi might ultimately be the odd man out in that equation. Um to start wrapping up uh i'm trying to think who i want to go over next uh cam had like both moments of brilliance in this game and, and moments of, of real ineptitude as is the cam reddish story um he had uh this absolutely sick pass to Obi Toppin where Obi missed the layup but it was like like mid pick and roll with Obi winding to the rim like a double pump wrap around that was it was picture perfect Obi blew it um and then uh in the fourth quarter uh, had just matador defense to give McDaniels a wide open layup. It was about as bad as you could get. And then comes right back down and, and um, or, or sorry, before that, uh, dribbles the ball down, gets stripped by Jaden McDaniels, ends up giving up another layup. But then with 147 left in the game, locks down Ubre. And then in the fourth, or not in the fourth quarter, in, in overtime, has that strip off of Ubre's le- leg that ended up being the play of the game because it led to Ubre being pissed on the other end and getting a technical. And the Knicks had that one point margin that left the Hornets kind of playing chaotically down the stretch of this game. We never even really explained the mechanics of the end of this game, where it was totally insane where, where Julius, um, if, if, you, if you want to look at a detriment for him playing 40 minutes, he was so tired that he like, I, I think he just thought that Cam blocked it, but he saved the ball. That was an air ball that uh, would have just been out and would have given the Knicks the ball up by three. Um, and then the Hornets got it back again off of, was it like a botched tip out? Um, but anyways, they, they almost hit a game tying three. All that is to say Cam Reddish did some really good stuff and some really bad stuff, and, and this game was nuts.
0: Yeah, and I really like the look of bringing him in to close the game too, honestly. Uh, I know our uh, our buddy Stacy Patton on Twitter noted uh, Quickly Superfan was annoyed that Quickly was not out there instead of Reddish, but I don't think you necessarily could have thrown Quickly out there and been like, go, go guard Kelly Oubre, who was actually having a pretty good game and expected that to work super well. Uh, whereas I think Cam did a pretty admirable job, but as you said, you know, sort of take the good with the bad, but again, like in a win where he made some pretty great plays down the stretch, it's really hard for me to knock him for the bad stuff when the good stuff really helped win the Knicks the game. And also Kelly Oubre, I I almost forgot to bring that up. So you just mentioned it, like how to lose your team a game in like 30 seconds of actual game time right there. Like, boom, you know, first off you get stripped, then you complain so much that you get a technical, And then, you know, the other team gets another bucket off of that tactical and you just created a a solo three-point swing and put your team down four late in overtime. Not uh, the best thing ever as far as he's concerned. Uh, I figure we can briefly talk about maybe Derek Rose. I mean, just a cold-blooded killer still. I mean... 12 points in 12 minutes, 12 and a half minutes, five of seven shooting, one of two from three. Uh, also two boards, two assists. I mean, talk about efficient. Like, I mean, that's 36, six and six per 36 right there. Uh, so not too shabby. I, I kind of love this role for Rose, though. Like, I love that he's just coming in and it's just like, go out there, push the pace as hard as you can for like 12 to 15 minutes a game you know, keep things under control when they need to be under control, you know, when it's the full bench unit out there and hit tons of shots and just never miss. I don't know. I, I like this version of Derrick Rose quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, he flashed that that signature inside hand finish a couple of times, which you don't see or maybe I'm not watching a basketball, but at least I don't see, I haven't seen on the Knicks the last couple of years too often, not not from Rose, but just from other players. Like, I mean, obviously that it's quote unquote uh, not how you're fundamentally supposed to do it, but it gets the ball to the basket a little bit quicker. And then had had another finish where, where he had, he had two Hornets running w- right with him. And his sense of calm is amazing where he's like, I'm probably 25% as fast as I used to be. And that's still too fast for you guys. And and because he just, he just plays angles so well at this point. And I, I always say this about D Rose, but it's remarkable for someone who, who at one point was in, in the argument for, for the best player on planet earth. That, that, that's what it means when you win an NBA MVP um, to suffer through a million injuries, have to completely change his game and still be damn good after all of it is, is incredible. It's, it's basically like learning at age 27, like, all right, you got to make the NBA again as a borderline, completely different player. And Derek Rose did it. So all all the praise in the world for D Rose, nothing bad to say about that guy. He was awesome. Um, Evan Fournier, um, some good shot making in this game took advantage of, of the mid range shots that the Hornets were willing to concede. But man, we need Quentin Grimes back in our lives because he, he, him and RJ, because I, I didn't get to talk about a lot with RJ, both of them were dying on screens. They, they were foul happy. Like to me, they were they were at the core of the problem that the Knicks were having defensively in this game. And look, Brunson had some plays where he overhelped and, and let guys get wide open threes. Randall had some brain farts. Randall had a signature, like uh, have a blown call on one end and then you don't get back. So there was plenty of blame to go around. But man, Four, Fournier, it, it was clear that the Hornets were, were looking to victimize him and they, they were succeeding in victimizing him.
0: Yeah, yeah. although the, it was nice seeing his shot kind of start to go back in a little bit. Though. Yeah, that was great. Um, only two for six from three, but he he just like spammed this little floater early yeah. in the game that just kept going in, and he just kept getting it. And he was just like, well, may as well take what I'm being given and just kept making this little floater over and over and over again. I thought that was really good from him. Um, I don't feel like I really need to talk too much about quickly. I thought he played a pretty good game, but nothing – nothing that super stands out in perspective to how he normally plays. I just want to make my last note. I I want to shout out on the other side of the ball, Dennis Smith jr. Yeah. yeah. Like shots to him. Like I always wanted him to figure it out with the Knicks. I've like famously always stood by my pre-draft eval that I was like, I always wanted Dennis Smith over Frank. And I, I grew to love Frank too. Don't get me wrong. And I still love Frank and I still root for him. But like, I was always a DSJ guy going into that draft and I, it was really cool seeing him play as good as he has, as he did in this game. And then as good as he has been to start this year, like what a resurgence for him. I literally, when he got done with the Knicks, I was like, well, that's, it it was a career, I guess, (laughs) you know, like four years, completely destroyed shot, had a lot of raw physical talent, but like just could not put it together. But, it looks like, look, he's he still can't really shoot the ball from three, but he's figured out everything else pretty well. I mean, he made so many looks in this game where, like, he had some mid-range looks. He had some, uh, you know, buckets attacking the hoop and and finishing around there against the Knicks. Like, had a couple really clutch ones, too, you know, down the stretch of this game. I think it was – I don't remember if it was fourth quarter or overtime. He had one that tied the game uh, right after a Brunson make where it was like, oh, okay, like, you know – Dennis Smith really came to play today. Uh Plus eleven assists. I mean, uh, Lamelo Ball is going to obviously come back and go back to being the superstar point guard there. But I love that that Dennis Smith has kind of found a, a landing spot now, and I, I hope he does really well for his career because I, I always wanted him to do well with the Knicks, and it always made me sad to see like just how how broken down he had gotten over the years. Whether it yeah. was whether it was the pressure of the Knicks or just overall pressure of being a young player in the NBA whose shot has completely left him for whatever reason. Uh, things looked really rough for him for a bit, but he, he looks like he's in a much better place right now.
1: Yeah, his, his defense has been sick too. I mean, absolutely. It was locking up Trey Young the other night, to your point. The the passings great. Um, has had a lot of slander in this podcast, I, I would argue rightfully, but to, to your point, a guy who said today to Knicks media that he was considering uh, trying to make it as, as a cornerback in the NFL – Rather than go play in Europe or China, um, and and now he's I, he looks like he has like a long career in front of him as a backup point guard. So, shouts to him, shouts to the Knicks for pulling it off. Uh, it's it's been offset, but no such thing as a bad win in the NBA, especially against a team with a winning record that had the best bat, best offense in basketball coming into today. Uh, the Knicks the Knicks are three and one. Uh, can't can't say much more than that. Jalen Brunson might be a star. Things are good in Nixland, land and we'll be back later this week to talk to you about it soon. But until then, be good. Peace out. Uh, this was Locked on Licks.